Today in the Proving Grounds, we're handing out yearly awards. Welcome to the Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves award shows have no value to how good a product is. I'm your host, me right here, Moderator Dave, and with me we have up top, Ben. Hey, first time we're doing this uh, live with video. Well, not with video, but live. Yes. And in the middle... We have with us the voice of Superior Dave. Yes, I, I will leave it up to the uh, general population to determine whether I am the guy in the headlock or the guy giving the headlock. <laughs> oh, you said you said lock. Okay. What did you think I said? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, so let's just get right down to it. This is our awards show. We have ourselves some categories. You guys want to go over the categories right now? I just want to get right into it. Uh, I think we best we say them what they are, you know, add some yeah. suspense and whatnot. Suspense. So our categories are best standard set of the year, followed by best supplemental set of the year. And then a personal favorite of mine, most lickable card of 2022. Then we have most missed card post rotation. Um, and then... We spare a few moments of silence for the cards we've lost along the way due to bannings. To end of the show, we're going to give out an award for the best rookie card of the year. So how we're going to do this is we're going to have a list of cards that we kind of curated beforehand, and we're going to have a discussion of whether which one should win, which, you know, which sets, which cards, X, Y, Z. Where we decided on a two out of three wins. We have to get at least two on one card. Yes. To win? All right. Uh, not obviously a unanimous vote, right? Yeah. Okay. That's how voting works, yeah. Majority. Good to me. All right. Let's get started. I just think it's whatever I vote for should win. It, it, I might. Also, I might I, I'm really it. sad we didn't have a pioneer category just for Ben. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe um, next year. Best I mean, the whole rest of pioneer in the world is just for Ben, so yeah. I figured... Why not have a category just for that's that? true that's true the best the best uh format that nobody plays that's right it's an all right format I like it all right all right let's get started so what sets came out this year uh okay so first in the year it was a uh, Kamigawa neon dynasty uh, mm-hmm. followed by streets of new Capenna and Dominary United and the brothers war so those are the ones we're gonna pick up pick from for best standard set Yes, this is a set that was released into standard, obviously. A little so factoid. The, the basis uh, of our decisions here, are they uh, They're just whichever set we like the best? Uh, I mean, whichever set we believe has the best cards or just... Mm, uh, biggest best impact on the story, format. Best. Good question. You can make your case for any of them, I guess. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. Def- say whatever the hell you want, but defend it. <laughs> all right all right uh first off i'd like to point out that up until like 15 minutes ago i thought it was uh kamigawa neon dynasties 
So uh, learn something. Multiple dinous nasties. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, multiple, you know, plural. Yeah. I think Anyways. the whole point of the story was that it was continuing the dynasty. <laughs> they found the I mean, emperor that continues the dynasty from before, right? So it's the same dynasty. Oh, yeah. It makes no sense. I, I, <laughs> I thought it was dynasty first, and then I read somewhere on the internet it was like dynasties, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Sure. And you um, believed it. You believed the oh, internet. I believed see, it. See, the they, thing is, they are multiple dynasties, just this is the neon one. Ah, the other dynasty was not the neon <laughs> dynasty. There, okay. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. There you go. There you go. Got it. So, oh. w- which one do we think is the best? It's Dominar United. Next next category. What? Really? Uh, see, I'm like, we can't do this because I'm torn inside myself. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I'm Dave doesn't have a vote. He's torn. <laughs> I and think B it's... Versus ben, Dominar United wins. Next category. <laughs> I think it's uh, Neon Dynasty, actually. That's my you vote. See, oh, that's the wrong. Oh look, here we got. This is this is where I come in because I think I'm torn between Dynasty, uh Neon Dynasty and The Brothers War because they're both uh going back to very nostalgic periods of magic mm. for me. I love Dominar United not going back to nostalgic periods and uh, Brothers be- War is because it's the same it's, nostalgic period that they're going back to. But it's it's Look, our big artifacts, lots of war machines, Urza, Mishra, both being equal amounts of shitty. Uh, and then there's Kamigawa, like one of my personal favorite blocks that we thought we would, uh, planes that we thought we'd never go back to. They kept saying, we're never going back. We're never going back. And then we did. And I just, I just don't know. So. I really like the original Kamigawa block too. Mm-hmm. I did not feel like this set captured the feeling of that original Kamigawa. Block. I agree with you. My uh, my pick for Kamigawa is sheerly based on the force of the cards that are included in the set. Yeah, you mm-hmm. just like Wandering Emperor. Well, there's the Wandering Emperor. There's the Besaju. There's the um, Channel Lands. Yeah, all, well, yeah, all the Channel Lands, but mostly Besaju in that. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the invoke um, cycle of cards, they're all like I I think that Neon Dynasty had the biggest um, just impact on the game um, from standard to. I think well, Shulkard has a bigger impact than <laughs> anything in Kamigawa. Oh yeah, it definitely. It's a card that everyone thought was going to have no impact because it didn't have an ETB. Yeah, that was kind of silly. ETBs are overrated. Um. But Kamigawa is also cyberpunk e, and everybody likes a good cyberpunk story. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it was okay. I like the I like the aesthetic. The aesthetic is the best aesthetic yeah, of all five sets is, or all yep. four sets here. Yes, but I mean, as far as strength of cards, I guess um, you know, you got Basaji, you got the Emperor, you got Fable of the Mirror Breaker, you got. Farewell, Reckoner Bankbuster, the uh, Flying Dragons, the A, like AO the Dawn Sky. Yes. It's this card, ha- this set has more bangers than any of the other sets. That's okay. Why I, that's why I picked that one. More so, bangers. Uh, but my second pick would definitely be Dominary United for sure. 
like nobody's got Brothers War back but me. I it didn't right. have as many bangers. Let, let me be clear here. Uh, I like Brothers War more than Kamigawa. If I have to change my vote to Brothers War to get Kamigawa out, I will. <laughs> Damn it. Just some wheeling and dealing. I'd like to point yeah. out that nobody has Streets of New Capenna's back. Um, so that I'm one's going to eliminated. That one's I like eliminated. the lore in Streets of New Capenna. Yeah. I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have... So it doesn't have any of the nostalgic callbacks that the other right. three sets do. Yes. So it's losing out there. It doesn't have the strength of cards that the other three sets do. Mm-hmm. Because none of those three colors have really kind of become a color combination of note. Mm-hmm. Esper uh, mid range did take uh, the worlds uh, all the way up to the second spot. Yeah, I mean, on the still, strength of Rafine. Yeah, I mean, all I right, there is that, but other than that, it's just the whole uh, rest of the set's yeah. kind of meh. It had Ledger Shred- Ledger Shredder was like the big yeah. Big thing, but um, here here's my problem with uh, Streets of New Capenna. While the, there was a lot of lore, I think it was too much, too quick. You only got one set for to cram all this stuff in, right. and you didn't get the same feelings that yeah. you get from it that you get from the Brothers War and Dominaria because we spent so much time on Dominaria that it feels like home. Yeah. It's like it's any like of those sets that got a full block, even in the past. Like you've had a mm-hmm. full block to kind of engage with the lore. That's what I was going to say. Characters, yeah. and then in this one, it's just like, oh, bam, okay, you're in. All right, we're done. It has Capenna has mm-hmm. the lore of a full block smashed into one set. Like, yes. the amount of lore that's there should have been mm-hmm. expanded in a full block. So yeah, yes. it's a little rushed and everything. It was also mm-hmm. really strange to me, though. The way, like, when the Streets of New Capenna, you don't hear about Halo until then, but then all of a sudden, Halo is this vital component in the Brothers' War to time travel. Yeah, I didn't um, finish the, the whole story, but yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's, 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 uh... it's just in the building of the Temporal Anchor. Oh, I see. Mm. I see. Weird. And, wow. Um, um... Yeah, like, we've never heard of this before, and then all of a sudden, it's the key to using a device that Urza made. Yeah, that's that's a little uh, that's a stretch, huh? Yeah. Um, so even the Lord well, didn't really it, even make sense to me in a way. Okay, I'm going to defend that a little bit because um, if Halo is just juiced angels, Urza juiced an entire plane of angels at one point. That sounds like him. Therefore, <laughs> he might have had Halo. I'm just saying because he he was uh, a key reason that uh, Sarah's realm fell, and and what. So what you're saying is the original temporal anchor was powered by angel juice. Yes, sure. Okay. Oh dear, that's that's my defense of of that. Yeah, I don't sign okay. on to that. Although angel smoothies are tasty. So cards um, in the Capenna, yes. Ledger Shredder, unlicensed hearse, the triomes. The mm. Obnixilus, the Adversary, Titan of Industry, um, 
There was the Giada Fonta Hope and what's well, about the back? That's a good one. Tenacious mm-hmm. Underdog. Those are the yes. biggest cards in that area. Oh, and the um, um, hideaway cards that people make decks like fight rigging. And yes. Uh huh. Um, negative points to Capenna for having the triomes be completely dog shit names. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't say triome. And yeah, Mark Rosewater yeah. said he probably should have done that. Yeah, they should have. It's like you could have just been like Obscura Triome. Boom. Done. Yep. Yep. That's true. All right. So yeah, they have some terrible names. All right. Are we are we sliding out of New Capenna? We're saying that that's probably not going to be. Yeah, I, I don't. There's no way it's even in the running, to be honest. Okay. And I really like the lore. I'll move on to notable cards in Dominator United. Shieldred the Apocalypse. Liliana mm-hmm. of the Veil reprint into Standard and both Pioneer. The Sarah Paragon, Leyline Binding, um, Karn Silex, the Defiler Cycle, um, and the Painlands. Which, those, those, I think those, did though were those in, hmm. there was one set that was in Pioneer and one that wasn't. I can't remember if it was the... Um, You're the Pioneer yeah. expert here. I think it was, which one has Shivan Reef? Because that one was already in. And anyway, either way, some of them were in Pioneer and some of them weren't. Um, and that looks about Evolve I, Sleep. I mean, Shouldered alone should be the reason Dominaria United <laughs> wins. It's a nasty let's be, card. Let's man. be honest here. It is a nasty card. Okay, look. Uh, what about Brothers War? Let's do notable cards yep, for that. Notable cards from the Brothers War. The Urza Lord Protector and Mishra claimed by Gix meld cards. Portal to Phyrexia, Awaken the Woods, the Titania, not as much. Myral's Shield of Argive, Gix, Yogmoth Praetor, the Phyrexian Flesh Gorger, uh, reprint of Diabolic Intent, Cityscape Leverlore, Brotherhood End, Mightstone. These are a lot of cards that are played right now. Uh, yeah, and on. Okay, so I'm willing to put a vote in Brothers War if anybody's with me on that. So that's a lot of good cards. I, I will go Brothers War as well. I prefer Dominaria United personally. Brothers War still has a lot of great callbacks. It still uh, is, is very heavy in the lore. I do really like some of the cards in there. I just felt like Dominaria United was kind of the the catalyst to bringing about Brothers War, it's the origin, so to me it's the one that I prefer from a lore standpoint. Yes. Uh, speaking of Dominaria lore and uh, Jonah lore in general, it's nice to know that after so many years, he still can't make a tracking device that actually works. <laughs> right. Uh, chef's kiss on that one. So we're going with where you guys are voting for the Brothers War based on like a whole package, like considering yeah. more than just the cards and how they affected mm-hmm. the the formats, your our Correct. lore and flavor and everything, and and the fact that I love casting huge artifact creatures, it's just my thing. Yeah, and I mean, at back this, on Earth, that was a big thing. At, yeah, at this point in my Magic playing, uh, picking a set is almost always going to be about lore. I see. There has not been a card recently where I've been like, oh, hey, that's so unique that Magic could have never done that before. Yeah, fair. Fair. Um, the sagas are probably the closest thing to that. And that's just, they could have done it. They just didn't. Right. 
Okay. Um, what about the prototypes? I thought that was a really neat. Uh, that was a cool. Thing it is. Part. It's a neat. It's a cool thing. Um, and it's in Brothers War. All right. So we're gonna. But, but at this point, like, unless a mechanic completely blows me away, which none of the recent mechanics have completely blown me away, I don't see myself picking a set based on anything other than lore. Okay. I can That's sign fair. on with Brothers War after I went through and read the cards on it. <laughs> I was like, oh, there is actually a lot. Um, right. Lore we have everything. our first yep. We have our first unanimous winner and our first winner. Congratulations to the Brothers War. I really thought Neon Dynasty was gonna take this. Uh I I was so torn. Is there a Runner way I can up. like uh asterisk something or bold it? All right. We'll move on to the next category. Best supplemental sets. We have in here Double Masters 2022, Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, Unfinity, and Jumpstart 2022. So technically, Unfinity counts as a supplemental set because of the 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 standard or the legacy vintage legal cards or the vintage well, the eternal uh, format cards, right? Sure. Otherwise, it wouldn't really that. be supplemental to anything. Supplemental to uncards, it, man. I, I guess so, yeah. Just real quick, without reason, no exposition. Mm-hmm. What are you guys leaning towards? Uh, Infinity. I mean, I'm going to lean towards Double Masters because the that's the. I said question. no reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say, Dave? Infinity, hands down. Infinity, Infinity as well. All right, let's go into our reasons and see if Ben can convince us that it's double masters. Well, so it's only because it had enough cards in it that brought prices down for some of the modern cards, but a terrible reason, but listen, but listen, I don't want to actually pick this one because it was overpriced and it was basically a commander set when it shouldn't have been a commander set. So So I don't want to, I don't want to make this one. What kind of argument was that? I want to pick this one, but I don't want to pick this one. Well, I I don't like any of these products, really. So it's probably Infinity, to be honest, because at least you can have fun with that one. So, (laughs) yeah, worst debate ever. Okay, uh, so let's give our reasonings on why and why not Double Masters. Let's uh, let's fight this out. Oh, I just said. (laughs) Extremely overpriced. (laughs) And there was a bunch of reprints for Commander Instead of, you know, like if you're going to do reprints for Commander, make it in the Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate set. Yes. Not in a master set for exactly. that are supposed to supplement other formats. But. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not high. I'm not super high on any of these products. Because none of these products are yeah. really for me. Um, mm-hmm. Which I know Unfinity is, is printed specifically for Dave. Yeah, uh, I'm the only one that is... I've got a I I got dirt on on Rosewater. He he makes Unfinity Unfinity sets just for me. Why don't you share some of that dirt for Benoit so we can get a Pioneer Masters? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if they had a Pioneer Masters, my vote would be in. But yeah, so for me, Double Masters was never in there because it doesn't really seem that fun. Like some of the cards in there are cool, but at the end of the day, I I don't I don't actually play with physical cards anymore, so. The Double Masters to me is nothing. It, I mean, it was nice for me to get Ren and Sixes for like $50 off. Uh, mm. But again, there wasn't enough in there to really say best supplemental set. Yeah, and then I don't play Commander, but even if someone doesn't play Commander, Commander Legends Battles for Boulder Gate seemed like it was just a, a hot mess. Yeah, it was a hot mess. 
<laughs> yeah, it got a lot of criticism from the commander people as well. So, especially for not having a uh, reprint of uh, Dockside Extortionist, which uh, which was in ended was up in double, double masters. masters. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. well, okay, through like Baldur's Gate, place known for having a dock. Yeah, uh, and a port and, and lots of like, extortioning sorry. going on at the dock. <laughs> That's yeah, that's the only uh, that's that's the only thing that needs to happen in order for Dockside Extortionists to come back. These well, the location needs to be something known for having a dock. Yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. It needs to be near water. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and then of course Jumpstart, which neither they'll, us they'll bring really... it back in Commanders Legends uh, Battle for Luskin's Gate. I don't want. <laughs> 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 yes. Exactly. Or it's just battle for Luskin. Sorry, it's not called. Luskin. It has to. Be. Yeah, it has to be a commander set, and it has to have a dock. It'd be Commander <laughs> Legends Battle for Waterdeep, or and it'll be printed in there again. Or how about Commander Legends that summer camp that Dave went to that one year? <laughs> it had a dock, so uh, it yeah. fits. The one that uh, Jason like rose up out of the water and climbed onto. Yeah. Hey, Universe Beyond tie-in. Boom. There you go. Done. So um, it's not Jumpstart, right? Yeah. I Well, I think Jumpstart is going to suffer from being released so late in the year. I'm going to get a lot of time with it. I myself haven't Jumpstarted once. Sure. So um, it did have some uh, prints in it, new prints for Commander that people seem legitimately interested in. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, my thing with Jumpstart is that I think it's a great idea. Yep. And as someone who used to play Pack Wars a lot in my free time, you know, mm-hmm. like Jumpstart just seems like a better version of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also, like, once you've played it, then you just have those cards. Right. And they don't and feel as useful or impactful or... Yeah, especially as someone who doesn't play commander, because it seems like the only other place that these cards are seeing play is commander. Yeah, um, I, it's just well, kind of like okay, yeah, I played some games and they were fun, and now I have these cards that I'm never going to use again. There's a high probability in 2023 that a card printed in this set will destroy legacy, and people will be much salty about it. Um, just like just the, saying, was it Baldur's Gate that had the initiative? Yes. <laughs> oh, and people then are so upset um, about that. Yeah. Yeah. And people are upset about uh the uh new Elish Norn for Commander. No, oh, well anyways. Cry more. Yeah. Yeah. Ban so, Commander. No problem. All right. Anyway. Unfinity? Uh infinity has got my vote forever and always. Yeah, Unfinity. Right. All right. Pretty much solely because of the fireworks. Uh, fireworks. The fireworks etched foil type. Oh, Ooh, yeah. And the space, <laughs> the space lands. The space oh, yeah. Land. Those are nice. I want, like, I don't I typically my, go out. Got my space buy, steam vents. Yeah. Yeah. I don't typically go out and buy fancy lands, but I'm really, like, itching to get some of the, the uh, orbital lands space basics? from that. Yeah. The orbital yeah. ones are the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, questionably, the blue on planet land is better than the blue orbital, but mm. it's questionable. I still mm. like both. Anyway, 
All right. So congratulations, Unfinity. Best supplemental set of 2022. The answer is not which one is better, but how do you get all of them? Oh, you got to have lots of money. (laughs) For sure. Credit card and access to the internet. All right. So we have here most lickable card of 2022. Uh, It's the next category. These are all of the cards that we rated in our set previews as the lickable card with one from each of Nuka Pena and Neon Dynasty because that was uh, before the podcast started. So we have him here. Yep. We've went ahead and ranked whichever ones we would have picked for those two. And then we have them all here. Yep. Well, I'll tell you right now, you got to take Dockside Extortionist off because <laughs> Double Masters didn't have a dock. Yes. And <laughs> also, well, this one made it purely uh, because of salt towards Wizards uh, for putting it in Double Masters to sell packs to Commander players and to not because uh, of any intrinsic flavor value within the set. So I agree with you. All right. It's so, out. Well, let's go down the line so we can show the cards and their lickableness. Okay. Here's the tower worker. He's uh, on a high rise with a cable, washing a window. Yeah. It looks like someone's already licked that card. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Here's the power plant worker. Yep. What, what we wrote, rated this as lick, most lickable I'm, for. In I'm pretty F- sure uh, licking the power plant worker, by the way, is a hazard. Yeah. It's like licking a 9-volt uh, battery, but more powerful. Yeah, exactly. And as Dave pointed out earlier, this in, on our earlier stream, this looks like Wally. He's a mine worker. Uh, mm-hmm. So this was in episode twenty-eight. We we did it because we had suspected the reprint of the Tron lands, um, but instead mm-hmm. they gave us the Tron workers, which was very mm-hmm. flavorful. Um, and they all come together and do something if you have all of them, just like Tron would. So that was the yep. reasoning for that lickability. We have mm-hmm. also Karn Silex, which is um, a moment back to the 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 Tron workers. Um, it's also really fun to line them up and then just do a a line lick through them. Um, oh. <laughs> just, is it start at Tower Worker and go all the way to Power Plant Worker? You you as uh, you've you've tried this, you know from experience. Yes. Mm, it's okay. very fun. All right, Karn Silex. The old steaming popcorn bowl. It looks like if you just put kernels down in there, a little bit of oil, boom, you got popcorn. Mm-hmm. So, oil? You're supposed to use watermelon now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I tried that with grapes. It tasted like grape, but it also tasted very burnt because I couldn't get them to pop before it all burnt. I don't know. Mm. Apparently, you need to use something with higher water content like it, watermelon. Yeah, apparently. All right. Corn Silex. Next, attempted murder. What one was that from? Infinity. Infinity. It's the one with the rockabilly, uh, rockadoodle-looking crow. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's a murder of crows. I, okay, I was wondering yeah. what was favorable about this card. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the rockabilly guy. You, you either end up murdering something, or you get a crow, uh, a uh, several crows, which is also a murder. So, yeah, attempted murder. Excellent. Booyah. Nice wordplay. Great to get from uh, un- Unsets. Yeah. The puns. All right. Dockside Extortionist. He's a little monkey hanging mm. from some stuff. Extortioning people. Extorting people. 
Mm, this one's out. I agree with you guys. Mm-hmm. The art's not even all that appealing. Yeah. I Although like I am art, a fan though. of the uh, monkey-like goblins from Ixalan. All right. Run away together from Baldur's Gate. This is an yeah. illithid and a Yankee. What is that? You know what it is. Yeah, right? I, I don't. No, I don't think we couldn't figure it out, but this. That's a Kavu. Uh, <laughs> less teeth than a Kavu. Definitely not a Kavu. Um, yeah, this one, because of the flavor text in the card and, and the flavor and the uh, art all yeah. rolled into one. Knowing what's made. on the other's mind, which illithids can read mine, so. Yeah, made it this made it. Funny. This is technically a reprint for this set, but um, it's still pretty amazing, and I love it. Yeah. All right. Then we have Witness Protection. Mm-hmm. From Streets of New Capenna. Streets of New um, Capenna. I put this in here, yep. right? I hope so. Uh, this card win, uh, we win picked- for New yeah, go ahead. We picked it because of the um because of the makes it a legitimate business person, right? Yeah, a one one creature named legitimate business person. One that's a hilarious name. Uh yeah. but also the flavor of it is really great and plus it's it's a pretty decent card for know, dealing with uh, threats here. that have like triggered abilities or activated abilities. Yeah, I can't really get it all the way on here, but yeah, it's a makes a we got that. What was the one that I really liked from here? The the one that made it was like the bodyguard or the kidnapper or something. He took a creature out of the graveyard, but the creature couldn't do anything until he died or something like that. Oh, the uh, extraction specialist. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that was nice. It was like a FBI agent that like pulled people yeah. out and they hit, put them in hiding. Yeah. All right. And then I ha- I, I did put this one in here. The next one, the uh, wandering waifu. Uh huh. <laughs> people I, went nuts I, for this card. I sold this card for two hundred twenty nine dollars because because people's <laughs> lickability factor was high on this. Yes. Oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe quite literally. Yeah. Li- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, put it in plastic first. Yeah. Top so waifu emperor. Um, yeah. Do we even <laughs> so, know who she is yet? Like, we don't even have an identity for her yet, right? Um, well, I mean, she was the Wanderer from other sets. But right, but like in terms know. of like a name, we don't know her actual name, right? I don't, I don't think so. Like, um, or maybe maybe uh, it was at the end of Kamigawa. I didn't read it. First name, the last name. Because wasn't she, the Wanderer was uh, revealed uh, to be the rightful emperor of Kamigawa or whatever. The, yes. The, like the descendant of Lord Konda or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Maybe. wanderer from War of Spark is this yes. person here. Yes. Right. I mean, I knew it was the wanderer from War of Spark, but I just wasn't sure if we had like a legit identity here. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure. All right. Who are we yeah. gonna who are we gonna give it to? What well what definitely not Dark side extortionist, mm-hmm. uh, dark side extortionist, and probably not the Wafu Emperor. Um, I'm between the assembly workers and Karn Silex. I like the popcorn uh, bowl, but I also like the Tron aspect of the other one. 
If you go surely yeah. by R, it's Karn Silic. If you go with like flavor of the card itself, mm-hmm. the Urzatron wins for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with Assembly Workers. I like me a good union, so we'll do that. That's my vote. What do you think, Dave? Superior Dave? Silex. You go for the Silex? Yeah. Going for the Silex. Uh, mm. yeah, I, um, I can be swayed. I I think the Silex holds a bigger and, and more important part of the lore than the Urzatron does. Ooh, they, you are so right to, there. So to me, that makes it more lickable. Like the Urzatron is cool. I love the callback, but the Silex just means more to me overall. Did we ever determine if it was the uh, original Silex or another Silex? I think that was up in there. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm not sure they really expanded on that. Yeah, I don't know if they did. But if I could get a a, a certificate of auth- of uh, authenticity that this stating, is the one Joda put the spell this on, is, this is the Silex. Mm-hmm. I could definitely go for it. Well, they do have the Urza Silex in the Brothers War, but I think that's the one that they messed with when they went back in time. Mm-hmm. But Or whatever. Hard I, to say. I didn't finish the story. Maybe Dave knows. Sorry, what was uh, the question? The Urza Silex, is that the one they messed with when they went back in time? Or is it just literally the one Urza had before, like in the Antiquities? Yeah. Like, so they do the, make another uh, one, but I, I think the card is referring to the old one. Okay, gotcha. Okay. All right. Mm. Man, it is okay. a good big steam popcorn bowl, man. Like, yeah. See, wise, it's not, not only is it lickable because of lore and flavor, it's also lickable because it makes you hungry. <laughs> it does. See, and it's one card. It doesn't take three cards to make lickability. Mm. I can't eat popcorn, so I'm not swayed by the the popcorn <laughs> argument. I didn't say you would eat popcorn. I just said the thought of popcorn makes you hungry. No, it doesn't. It does me. Mm. <laughs> All right, I will officially go with Karn Silex. No, you, you okay. swayed me. Like I'm, Superior Day swayed me with the lore aspect of it. It's right, got well, two. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna die on this hill. Urza Tron Assembly Workers for Life. Mm. Huh. Well, sorry, you're gonna join join the Urza Tron gang. You're gonna start working at the mine. Yep, they yep. did. They did unify, and that's important. Yes, um, we actually built. I guess this is off topic, but we put together an Assembly Workers deck and played on stream earlier today. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of silly, but also fun. All right, so congratulations, Karn Silet, for being the most lickable, even though it probably will cause you third-degree burns, it looks like, if you did, in fact, lick this Silex. It's the opposite of licking a uh, metal pole in the winter. <laughs> yes. It's stuck there, you but could probably not, do, uh, not frozen. But you could probably do butter shots off of it, like oh, yeah. put it in the bowl and then like have it run out into your mouth. Oh, butter. yeah. Butter shots? Butter shots. Yeah. Is this something I've never heard of before? Is this some way to drink alcohol I'm not familiar with? Sure. Um, It's something that I came up with just right now. Butter shots. shots. I mean, we need to to find a way to make it work and then trademark it. Yes. uh, Butter and rum. How about that? 
Can can we make it taste like butterscotch and play off of it sounding kind of like butterscotch? Yes. We'll do it. All right. We'll we'll call them butter shots. Yes. All right. Our next category, most missed card post-rotation. So these are the cards we said goodbye to when, for standard, when uh, it rotated out. All right, so we have the yeah. pathways, the pathway land cycle, the nice, uh, what was it? They they flip one way or another. You choose upon playing whether you want, you know, a red mana or a green mana, depending. Yep. They, anyway. cycle through all of them. Yeah. The creature lands from AFR. They were like the man lands, you know, they called them. The den of the bugbear, the lay of the hydra. Hive of the Hive of the Eye Tyrant, you could activate them and they, they just did different things. They were pretty popular, I'd say, right? Yeah. I mean, they've, uh, they're still played in some variations here and there. I, I, see say, I, the, I feel like all of them saw play. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All of them saw play mm-hmm. in standard. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And um, I see Hive all the time in Explorer. Yeah. And, uh, Den of the bug. Den of the bug bear still sees playing explorer. Yeah. Yep. The big. I think the black one does too. Yeah. Yeah. The and the the red and the black and the green. Um, the hall of the mm-hmm. storm giants is really only in control, but only occasionally. And the frost cave of the frost dragon doesn't really. It's kind of expensive. All right. Next one. Old grow troll. Mister three green four Fox. four trampler that dies and becomes attached to a land ramping. And then you don't like it? Mm-hmm. No, I do like it. Yeah. And, I think he sucks for this list. Oh, really? Yeah. Luminarch Aspirant. This was the one that kind of you hated when uh, an opponent laid it down. Uh, it buffed your creatures every turn. Um, however, there is something that does this, but it's not as good, I don't think, in the new one. The uh, well, Siege uh, Veteran. They knew this card was too good because they nerfed it in Alchemy. Yeah. So they weren't just... Mm-hmm. If they were going to make a new version of this card, it was definitely going to be worse. Yeah. Yep. All right. Spike Field Hazard slash... I put them both in the same category. Jawari Disruption Counter Spell. Unless they pay the one. Um, but it's it's the the main point of putting this card in here was the cards that, like, in a pinch, you could use as a land if you were short. But they didn't take up a whole land slot. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is still one of the best ideas that they implemented very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Oh doubt. man, me and Ben have gone around about this card, uh, specifically Spike Field Hazard, on whether or not it's how, good. How many? Well, it's and, it's more or less. Does, does it count as a land, or does it not count as a land? When yeah, yeah, that? yeah. When you're building your mono red aggro, because you never want to play it as a land. Uh, no. Your no. your intention is to not play it as like. If you put it in there as your intention to play it as a land, then you just put a mountain because it comes from play tapped. But if you happen to be short, then it's good to have the option. All right, uh-huh. next card. Because I and I know I've talked about this before, but the way that uh, World of Warcraft did their land is really the best implementation of a land type thing that I've ever seen. Oh, I don't remember how they did it for their card game. Yeah, yeah. So they had lands which were called quests. Mm-hmm. Um. And their the way their lands worked is like each quest had like a a thing you could achieve to get an additional effect. It would be like attack three times, and then you can draw a card, and you would complete the quest, and you would flip it over. 
Uh, but you could also take any card from your hand and put it face down and use it as a land. Oh, I see. That's mm. interesting. Huh. So this um, is kind of riffing on that, but trying to stay true to magic, and it just wasn't implemented as, right. as you would want. That makes right. sense. Ideally, I, I think you know, magic's a little bit more difficult to do it with because you know, World of Warcraft card game didn't have colored mana. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're going to do it with with magic, how are you going to say what color it is? Do you get Do you only get to pick one color, right. or is it colorless mana, or you know, how does that work? But realistically, it puts you in a situation where you can't get mana screwed. That's true. Um, and but there is a cost to doing it because you have to sacrifice one of your cards in yeah. order to prevent yourself from getting mana screwed. Hmm. Makes sense. All right, next card. Expressive iteration. Um, and this is merely Miss Card's post rotation. So we're not counting how good it is in other formats. We're just saying mm-hmm. in standard, you know, that's what the ranking is. I mean, it is an absolute powerhouse. It is one of the best cards ever printed. Um, but yeah, what, what else can you say about it? It's good. Shots fired. Better uh, than Ancestral Recall. I don't know about that. <laughs> Extremely uh, requiring of a lot of mental bandwidth when you're doing it in a client like Arena <laughs> yeah. or you really MTGO. have to pay attention. You got you got to read them and and put them where they go because if you make an assumption, you end up with a land in your hand and a spell you can't cast. What in what what makes me and, laugh so hard is that every other thing on a on MTGO they ask you to confirm like a whole bunch, but this one, if you just click it, then it does it. And you're like, wait, wait, oh, the wrong one. Like, no, you don't have to confirm it like every other thing. Yeah. Anyway, next one. <laughs> the venture in the dungeon mechanic. <laughs> that LOL. That's that's not a rule. <laughs> Who really misses let's that? Add, let's add something to the game that's even I, more. I miss the lost mine of Plan Dever. Plan Delver. Um, let's add something to the game that's even more obnoxious to track than day-night cycles. Yes, and not really even give you that good of a reward for any of them. Yeah. Endless make it pointless. I bet they started out really hard on this, and then we're like, well, that's too powerful. You better nerf that. And then they like nerf it to oblivion. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the way I think every every mechanic in Magic kind of has that ebb and flow. They either... They they pushed it to its limit and they got the most out of it and it ended up too powerful or it they didn't push it enough and it's like oh this mechanic is kind of stupid mm-hmm. and there doesn't seem to be any in between for them there doesn't seem to be any balance mm-hmm. oh you know what we're missing one on this list um, I'll just go ahead and put it back up here but wait there's wait. more there's the uh, gold span oh, dragon. No. It wasn't add, that May. was a late addition we didn't actually add to the uh to the thing. No. Yep, Goldspan Dragon. This yeah. thing <laughs> This thing uh this... at a point in standard before the Outrun's Epiphany ban, this thing was like taking over mm-hmm. everything. And it was still powerful after the Outrun's Epiphany ban, but uh mm-hmm. this I, there was a point in standard where he was in every deck. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh yep. And then there was a point in standard after that where he was only in like 70% of decks. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, That's a good oh, card. Okay. Well, needless to say. Yeah. 
Oh, all your treasures mm-hmm. tap for two mana or sack for two mana instead? Great. And he uh, yeah. makes treasure tokens himself. And then after the rotation, when he stayed in, uh, it, it, he didn't see as much play. But After outruns or... Uh, no, after the... I forget what phased out before Kaldheim and all those. Oh, 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 yeah. Rotation uh, two years ago. Prior. Yeah. Right. The yeah. prior rotation. Yeah. Um, after that rotation, he just seemed to fall off the face of the planet. Mm. But uh, then Essica's Chariot is the next one. Boy, Dang. this card was the most annoying thing to deal I with. Thought- <laughs> I thought this card was going to get banned so many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, I was convinced every time they were doing a BNR announcement, I was like, "This is, it's getting banned." It's yeah, it's coming off the field, and then every time it was still on there, and I was, like, "Man, yeah, can't believe it didn't get banned again." Oh, it's a, it's, it's so to tough. the point. I, I actually believe it affected the value of the card. So many people thought it was going to get banned. Like the value of the card went down because people were like, it's getting banned. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. It did not. All right. So what do we think? What's our first impressions on which one we miss in the standard landscape the most? I I mean, my instant uh, thought process is the creature lands because they were so prevalent because Every color used them mm-hmm. because they were all over the place. And yeah, they, it was basically free extra value. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, some of the other ones, you know, are deck specific or type specific, or you have to be doing a specific thing. Um, to me, this one was just like it was in every deck, it was a no brainer. Um, yeah. The added value of it. After that, I kind of leaned towards. Expressive iteration just because of its power level. It is very powerful. Um, um, I would definitely I, take the AFR lands over the Zendikar lands because I've learned a lot. I was worried after rotation about the, that Standard wouldn't have good enough mana for all these multicolored sets they're printing. Um, but I did learn that having the ability to tap a mana for either or it's huge. It's huge. Even if you're taking damage, I actually value that more than the pathways. Really cool card design. I like it. Um, but once you commit to the red side, then you can right. no longer use the blue at all. Um, and I've yeah. hit and in Pioneer, especially, I've hit some problems where it's like, oh, I'm not, uh, you know, I can't use that. So then I swap out for in those decks for the pain lands, even. And yeah, I have that damage for it. I had that same conversation with someone else before we started doing the podcast. And yeah. I was just like, I, to me, these lands are not as good as the other ones because once they're in play, it's that land. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Well, I'm glad I uh, piped down for a second because I was going to go hard into pathways. But I don't <laughs> want to look stupid. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, like I said, it's a really cool design and it's free, you know? So if you're, yeah. I mean, if you have the option of just running a forest or an, uh, an island. pathway. Or a pathway, you run the pathway, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's great. But sometimes it kind of messes with you. It's very specific on they your just, mana requirements, which one. They, they're one. good. They just are not as good as any other dual land. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Except maybe the ones um, that come into play tap no matter what. Yeah. Well, yeah, those. Those, can <laughs> those might be. Those might be. 
those should never actually be played. Yes. Then real bad, homie. Um, I think we're all really just uh, teasing ourselves here. Uh, I think we all deep down know that venture into the dungeon mechanic <laughs> is where it's at. So we were good. playing. We were playing just the tip before. <laughs> Just yeah. the tip of the dungeon, right? Yeah, it's like, but now we need to venture all the way into all the dungeon. The, oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We need to get uh, balls deep into the dungeon. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I would say I miss either. So I'm, I'm referring to like the Indiana Jones balls that chase you down. Quit being weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. That's on We've me. all watched the Indiana Jones in those dungeons. Yeah. I want to go with expressive iteration just because of its power level and how it goes. But I'm and me personally, I played the green deck and the white deck the most out of that standard. And both of, well, the green deck is completely gone. Like there's no big green deck anymore. Um, well, I would also argue, because I know you're going to say old growth troll, but I would argue Eskis Chariot was bigger to that green deck than old growth. Troll you're, was. you're actually true. You're actually, that's, that's factual. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was going to say Old Crow Troll initially, but then when you added a Essica's Chariot on, I was like, actually, you're probably right about the the Chariot being, I miss that most, you know. Because um, nothing else does what that Chariot does. No, that I mean, that Chariot was busted. Like, at the end of the day, and can you imagine if we were in a standard with the Chariot and uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker? Oh, jeez. Oh, my You Lord. just make those cat tokens? <laughs> Just, I mean, you're not making tat tokens though. You're using because the, the chariot, oh, the chariot makes a copy of any the, token. The fable. You're, yeah. Or wait, no target token. You, so the goblin. I don't know. Anyway, you could make the goblin that makes the treasure tokens, or because the other goblin is also a token at the point that it comes into play. So you could duplicate the goblin that duplicates creatures. Eesh. Yeah. Just that's bad news. <laughs> All right. So what do we think? What is your vote, Dave? Uh, moderator uh, Dave? I'm going to go with expressive iteration because uh, I love me some is it spell play and that really uh, uh, enabled that kind of uh, gameplay. Mm. Okay. I can, I can sign on to expressive iteration only because one, it is the best card printed in a very long time. Um, but it's also is it colors, which is my favorite. So, we good for that? I mean, I am still going to vote for Creature Lands just because I think they are the, I think they're the biggest hole in these cards that has not been filled. Mm. So, that's you, should, uh, you know, like uh, there are still the, like while impulse. there are draw card mechanics yeah. that are not as good as expressive iteration, there are draw card mechanics in there. Yeah, there are creatures that give counters in there. There is ways to mana ramp. Um, mm. the actual holes that we have in standard right now are the Manlands and Essex's Chariot. Essex's <laughs> <laughs> Chariot. <laughs> Nothing does what that does. And in theory, the the land spell hybrids, but they that impact will be given. Yeah, so I'm not. There isn't really a hole to fill there. Right. Okay. Um. So we but you to... know, you guys voted, Dude. so I. It loses. You saying? Well, hold on though. You saying that it is a hole? Actually, because the category is the most missed card post rotation. It's not like 
the best card post rotation, right? Right. It's the one we miss the most. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, I don't know. I kind of miss Essica's Chariot the most, but the creature lands, though, any deck you got, you'd put a creature land in. Oh, yeah. They were like the they white were deck, I put the Frost Dragon They're- in. The R- Rakdos deck, I put both the Den and the Hive of the Eye Tyrant. Did he just. The Mono Green deck definitely had that yeah, land in there. It did. The Lair of the Hydra. Did, did other Dave just win you over? Dude. I mean, he makes a really good point. It's not the best. It's not the best. That's not the point. Yeah, of the, it's most missed. It's okay. the most. It's the yeah. most missed. Guess I'll sit this one out because I'm not missing expressive iteration. I'm using it in other formats. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was best in other formats. That's the thing about expressive iteration. Um, so. Okay, fine. So I'll between. With, I'll, I'll sign on to the creature lands. Mm, Okay. Between Manlands or Eska's Chariot. That's my thing. I'm, I'll go. I follow the Megan Trainer uh, noted magic enthusiast, Megan Trainer school of thought. It's all about the base, the mana base. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so we'll thank you. Creature Lands. Congratulations to the Creature Lands from AFR. You are the most missed cards post rotation. All Sounds right. Good. Now we can go to the next category, which is I forget. Oh, uh, oh, the the moment that we honor the the banned cards from 2022. Yeah. Here we have the take a moment of silence. The list of the ones that were banned. Um, I actually there's another one that's not on here because it was such an obvious ban that I forgot about it. Winota, joining her forces, uh, oh, yeah. was, was also banned in Pioneer. So we've said our piece on that one. It needed banned more than any other card, I'd say, from these. Uh, I ain't even status gone. It needed murked. Yeah. All right. So the Meat Hook Massacre was banned in Standard earlier this year. Deserving ban, you guys think? Is the format yeah. better having lost the Meatball Massacre? I mean, you still see way more black decks than I'd like. So, um, but this just definitely- imagine how good those black decks would be if Meathook was there. Yeah, if I know. Imagine if you were playing with Shouldred and you massacred at minus four, minus four, and Shouldred was still alive. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so probably better off, but we do miss it. I did love playing with that card. You know, I never built a deck with it. All right. It- yeah. I built the best. The best deck that I run it in is actually the Pioneer food deck, the Cat Kitty Oven deck. That's where I think it was the best. I don't think it's even in we, there really anymore. We need but, some uh, sad funeral music. I know, play. dude. I thought about getting like, some, but I didn't want to get DMCA. in memoriam. <laughs> you like, need a Sarah McLaughlin song playing in the background. Or just do you know the trendy thing and make like a sad sack version of Metallica. There you go. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> just a super fucking sad, depressing <laughs> version of Inner Sandman. There you go. Uh, also, next one, Expressive Iteration was banned in Pioneer. This was an interesting ban because they had banned Expressive Iteration but left the Delve spells in, like, the Treasure Cruise, which 
to me, Treasure Cruise is quite problematic. You can Ancestral Recall, <laughs> basically, if you have seven cards in your graveyard. Mm. But they wanted, they wanted Pioneer to have its unique identity from modern, so they kept the Delve spell and banned the expressive iteration. Is the Delve spell still in? Yes. Does it steep play? Oh, yeah. In the, in the Isaac that. Phoenix, yep. Is that the only deck that sees play then? Uh, yeah, because the rest of them, there's not any real other ones that's trying to throw cards in the graveyard as fiercely as the Izzet Phoenix mm-hmm. deck. Uh, did expressive iteration see play in multiple decks for yeah, the band? Yeah, it did. So, well, and the, so and honestly, you just answered the question as to why they well, banned yeah, expressive it, iteration and not the, the Delve spell? Yeah, they, well, they wanted to have the unique identity, and honestly, for they were trying to power down is is it Phoenix specifically, or just the is it decks in general? And for is it Phoenix in specific, expressive iteration or uh, Treasure Cruise is a better card yeah. for for that for doing what you're because you're trying to cast three spells in a turn. So rather than spend two mana, you're spending one on the Treasure Cruise and getting three cards. That you can did any deck die because of the expressive iteration? No, no. Did certain decks have to stop splashing an extra color? Did Mm. they transition or change routes? Did it actually affect the meta in any way? No, it didn't. Um, Only because the decks that were that weren't is it that were using expressive iteration were not very high in the meta to begin with, so they didn't really interesting. Yeah, like it was like a four color. Something or another. I forget. It seems... Um, oh, the Niv Delight deck used it. Um, which that one's really good in that deck. Did you say Niv Delight? Or <laughs> Too Light. Niv-delight. It was Bring Delight, and you were, the thing you were bringing to light was Niv Mizzle. I, I thought he said Delight, too. So I, I, was, I like had Ron Burgundy pictures in my head when he said it. Hmm. Afternoon, Seems Delight. Like across the bridge. Uh, Bring like a, a Niv like Delight. A, you know, delight like a frozen dragon. Yeah, dessert. Hmm, yummy. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one: Yorion, the Sky Mo- Nomad from Modern, or oh beloved Sky Noodle that made a whole bunch of eighty card decks. Uh, I I hated. It was bad card. play, dude. It was bad play. The this yeah. card itself is not what what I hate about it. It's what yeah, it, 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 it enables promotes, just nasty play. It, it promotes running an 80-card deck. Yeah. Gross yep. to begin with. Yeah. Why they ever thought that would be a good idea? Because they've said multiple times, like when Battle of Wits, every, you know, five years, someone shows up with a Battle of Wits deck and wins, <laughs> and all of a sudden there's like 15 copies of it. They say every time, they're like, oh, yeah, this was a mistake. Yeah. deck shouldn't be more than 60 cards. It creates a bad play loop. It sure does. They, and, and then they were like, hey, it's been long enough. Battle of Wits hasn't won in enough time. Maybe we should try something else. Let's see what mm-hmm. other ways we can promote terrible play with super large decks. Gonna have to give people uh, repetitive stress injuries with the shuffling. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah. This was a... I modern think. is in a better place after this, 100%. Mm-hmm. I think Modern, since I started playing, um, Modern is in the best place now than it ever has been. That's that's been just a year uh, since I started is, playing again. But is there a card in modern right now that you think needs to be banned? I do not think. 
Not a if, single car. If there was going to be one, it would be Omnath, but I don't think it's that huge of a problem. Enough for banability. Oh, yeah? No, man. Nah. Ren and Six. Well, that's I, what everybody I says. I, I do not think Snapcaster Mage is banned. Everybody says Ren and Six, but I think that Ren and Six helps modern be more diverse and it would become very stale if you if you got rid of them. I understand that for two mana, having a um, Planeswalker that can do one damage for a plus and immediately plus up and be um, I tell hard you what to I kill love out of bolt ranges. What will never happen is if they banned fetches from modern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would like it People too. People lose their minds. Yeah, just make make modern's identity into some crazy combo, fast stuff, and then keep the you know turn pioneer into more of a you know. Yeah, my plan is ban fetches from modern, add fetches to pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> it might actually improve things, honestly. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, increase the if popularity. If you want people to start playing pioneer, <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> All right. Next one you is, will never see people transition faster than yep, if you yep. ban fetches from modern. That is true. And enabled them in Pioneer. Luris of the Dream Den uh, was banned in modern. It was the first ban of the year, actually. This card, uh, the reason they gave was that it puts a deck restrictive restriction onto deck. So uh, the thing about Luris is that it had to be, I forgot to show the picture of the other one, but um, Luris had to have everything in the the starting, the to be your companion, everything in your starting deck had to have a converted mana cost of two or less. And they said that this was making everybody build decks that were super cheap and like uh, weirdly homogenizing the format because no, everybody wanted to play Luris, but no, so nobody was playing cards that were three or, or more, um, which then brought a homogeny to the format, which I do agree with that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, when you print a card that's powerful, yeah, and its only restriction is, hey, you can only play with the most powerful early game modern cards, <laughs> right? People are gonna be like, oh yeah, now that sounds like fun. Yep, and then you get them back. You know, right. like you do some nasty Mishra bobble. Hey, every turn I'm drawing an extra card because I bring this bobble back. Yeah, totally, totally worth the ban. And I think Modern did get better for it. Um, I'm not sure that Pioneer got better for Expressive Iteration being banned. Um, Meat Hook Massacre probably uh, standard would be worse if it was here, I guess. And Winota definitely made Pioneer better. Yeah. So, but it sounds like you. Basically, what you're saying is Expressive Iteration had no impact. I don't think it did. It, I don't think that it powered down the Is It Phoenix deck like they wanted it to. Because basically what you're saying is, well, Is It Phoenix had a better card the whole time and they just weren't using it. <laughs> and every other deck that had it wasn't that good. Yeah, well, uh, Niv Delight took a hit, but it didn't, it didn't take that big of a hit. It, it was helpful. Because what when you bring, when you bring Niv Mizzet out, you you look at the top X cards of your library, I forget how many, um, but you, you take a multicolor car of each color pair, which then right. uh, you pull expressive iteration, and then you're doing your, you know, super right. card advantage. So they used it, but I it probably made the deck a, the car the deck a little less but uh, powerful, but again, it wasn't high in the meta to begin with. So it was like the ancillary hit that they were really targeting the Phoenix deck with it. So 
I don't know. So if it didn't impact the Phoenix deck, is the Phoenix deck still too strong in Pioneer? It's about right. It so sometimes will win. What you're saying is they did not need to nerf it to begin with? I didn't feel they did, but they did. They felt they did. If that Why makes did sense. they feel why did they feel that way? I don't know. Was it seeing high? <laughs> Usually, they're like, "Hey, there are two things that make them target a specific deck: mm-hmm. high play percentages, so you know, more than fifty percent of the field is playing one type of deck, or high win percentages over sixty-five percent win rates." Right. So, yeah, I, I don't, I honestly don't know really the the rationale behind it per se. Um, I mean, I I know what they said, but I don't know because the problem is that Pioneer now post the ban is nothing but Rakdos mid range and uh, Big Green, you know, uh, the Nykthos Devotion deck for yeah. Green and and so I'm so I'm still confused by your logic. <laughs> What's so, the question? So post ban, mm-hmm. those are the only things in it, but pre ban. Mm-hmm. What what was good? But what was what decks were good that were using this card pre-ban that are not good now? Um, so, is it Phoenix did take a hit by it because after the ban, not a lot of people play it, but now everybody's starting to play it again. But it doesn't seem to be any less powerful. I guess is what I, I don't know. It's a little confusing, but because you said is it Phoenix replaced it with a card that's actually better for is it? So it sounds to me like well, a Phoenix deck actually should have gotten better. They they played both. They play oh, both okay. Treasure Cruise and Expressive Iteration. I okay. think the thing that they changed out was like a Chart of Course or Pieces of the Puzzle. One of those two is what they okay. replaced Expressive Iteration with. And yeah, but earlier when I you said you don't know why they banned it because it wasn't the card that Is It Phoenix was using to become powerful. Oh, it no. seems like it was if it wasn't playable after they banned it. No, so it was... It, the thing was that they, if they were needed to power down Is It Phoenix, they would either choose Expressive Iteration or Treasure Cruise, and they chose Expressive Iteration because they wanted to keep the Delve identity in Pioneer. That was the reason they gave. Okay. Yeah. All but right. it didn't affect it all that much, I think. Um, in fact, I think it just made the green deck and the Rakdos deck more prominent. Rather than, you know, uh, I, I don't think it had the desired effect because at, at most it was like a, a chess match. You know, the is it decks good against big green? Rakdos is good against the is it deck? I, I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so you take yeah. one of those out of the equation and now these two are just fighting against each other and they're at a stalemate instead of more of a, a balanced meta at the top, I guess. So I don't know. Anyway. That's the honoring those we lost. We don't need to pick a best one uh, or anything like yeah. that. But that would be just uh, more mentioning it. Kind of cringe if you ask me. Which <laughs> one's the best one we lost? All right. We want to move on to the next category. Yeah, let's do it. I think this is the last one. Rookie card of the year 2022. As a qualifier for this category, it has to be a new printing to be a rookie. Yep. So these are the ones that we kind of fit feel were very... Uh, powerful for not just standard, but uh, multi-format. Yep, 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 yep. All right. So first one we'll talk about. Shouldred win. We had to do this one first. Uh, Shouldred, the apocalypse. Holy crap. Not only is she as big as a house, she is also hits like a house. And, oh, look, I got a an alternate 
language card on accident. Anyway, so bring up the Phyrexian text. They don't even know what it says. <laughs> right. Everybody knows what this card does. Everybody. Anyway. Uh, they can break out their Dakota rings and read it. <laughs> so Shoulder of the Apocalypse definitely um, took over the format. Dude, what are you doing? Stop it. You keep flipping back between the cards. It's no, funny. you're watching the stream and you were delayed. That's why it's like, huh? Okay. Oh, so the, it took over the format as standard, right? <laughs> like you don't, yeah. Play, yeah. you don't play a deck unless you're accounting for this card. Just, just what black needed another bomb. Yeah. All right. Now fable, the mirror breaker is another one that basically is in every like mid range style deck, right? Um, yeah, if you're in red, you're playing it. Just yeah. like and sometimes you might even decide to spat, splash red if you lean a little bit extra card draw. Yeah, that second uh, chapter on that that saga is really yep powerful. I mean, the last one is pretty good too. If people don't deal with it, it yeah. can get yes, out of hand, especially especially if you're in the red black combination and you have things like corpse appraiser, corpse appraiser mm-hmm. with its ETB or Blood Tithe um, Harvester. Blood Tithe Harvester was the one yep. I was thinking of. Yeah. With its ETB, like you can get a crazy amount of blood tokens and, and you can just make the Blood Tithe Harvester and sacrifice them and kill everything. Yep. It's going kill away one anyway. thing every turn. Yeah, the copy that you just made is going away in a turn. Yeah. So you just can tap it, sack him, and uh, minus X, minus X. Yeah, it, yep. in that shell, if it's not dealt with, yep. it can get out of hand very quickly. And it's not the only shell. It's just the one that comes to mind. Yeah. Right off the bat. Yep. It's just the best one. And we have the Wandering yeah, well, Emperor, who is also definitely a great <laughs> uh, control yeah. card. Uh, it gave White some control. Like, it can go in Azorius control. It can go in a mono white deck. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of takes I mean, it the was, board state. It was the card that was starting to control the format right before Shouldred came out yep. and said, Not in my house. Yep. Because nobody taps Shouldred. If you do, you're foolish. Because then the Wandering Emperor will get you. But, yeah. but nobody taps Shouldred when their opponent has four mana open. Yeah, right. Yep. That's a good way to get got. Unless yep. they have another Shouldred in their hand, which I did in a couple games. Yeah. you just like, ha, ha, ha. No, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Uh, look, another Shouldred. Styling uh, on him. A Searcher Dominance casting a second Shouldred. Where did the next one go? Leyline Binding. It gives a lot of... This one is predominantly a modern card. I don't see it too much this, in Shander, do you? No, but it's been seeing work in other formats. Yeah, it's the best yeah. removal card in modern, honestly, um, because it's mm-hmm. any non-land permanent for one white, because of course you're going to play a bunch of wild, crazy four or five color decks because you got the mana base to do it and you got the Renin 6 to enable it. So... Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's Dude. even seeing play in historic too yep. a lot. So yep, it's it's everywhere. Man. Next one, old Bertholomew Ledger Shredder. Bertholomew. This um, one, I don't um, know, man. I like this card a lot. It does a lot of good work. Yeah, you put it, lay it down, turn three, and then play a one mana spell, and now it's out of bolt range, and then just takes over takes over the game from there, unless you can deal with it. Yep. It's good. It's flying. It's uh, it gets beefy sometimes. It gets mm-hmm. extra card it gives advantage. You extreme card it's advantage in the is it decks. Yeah, yeah. And then Mister Big Tree itself, Osage who endures. Uh, this card has a very unique effect of being not 
counterable by a counter spell. I'll put it that way. Right. Uh, it's not people. People commonly say it's non-interactable, but it actually is because if you play, uh, if you counter an activated or triggered ability, technically right. this is an activated it can, ability, and it can, it can be, be stifled. Yes, correct. So, but traditionally you can't counter this with a traditional counter spell. So it's a very good addition to certain decks that need that ability to, like, if you get Blood Mooned, you know. Bosaju gets rid of Blood Moon and they can't counterspell it. So that's great. All right. What are our thoughts on this category? Uh, so my initial thought is we need to eliminate Leyline Binding and Bosaju. Okay. I, I, feel, I just feel like in order to win this category, uh, you need to be a card that can win the game by yourself, which every. The four other cards all fulfill that. Right. Because there are cards that can win the game by themselves, you, you think these ones are rated very much less because of that. Yeah. Because it's a hard thing to overcome. You have to be like extremely, um, I don't know, good. I, I don't know. To, yeah. If a card can take over and win the game itself, I mean, yeah. I kind of agree with you yeah. on that. Yeah. I, I got your back on that one too. I made a lot of notes. Um, like, I, I want to give this to old Bertholomew, but like, we're just kidding ourselves. It's Shieldred, right? I mean... I don't know. Don't be so quick. Don't be so quick? Come on. She she beefy. I mean, look, I I, I think Fable the Mirror Breaker also needs a shell in order to, to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm also a little low, but like, I I legitimately think there's an argument to be made for Shouldered Emperor and Ledger Shredder. Mm-hmm. If you were asking me for my personal opinion, it's shouldered. Hmm. Um, but Step like, there have been multiple times when I have lost to a ledger shredder mm-hmm. because you I was gotta... not able to answer it early enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it it not only does so. Like, okay, so let's let's rank what let's rate you know the little specifics about it. So the ledger shredder on its face is a flyer that gets bigger when you connive, but it also enables your deck filtering. And card draw advantage. Because even though you're yeah, discarding mm-hmm. a card, you are drawing a card. Um, the Shieldred, on the other hand, it enables like grindy matchups that you normally wouldn't win because your life total would go to zero. Does that make mm. sense? So it, it and it's like it puts a clock on, right? At that time, too. So even if even if your opponent is at twenty and it's gonna take ten turns to to go down, you're if you're drawing cards, you're also gaining life. So that's a not like kind of like a little difference, but you know they both do similar things, extending the game or making your game plan more effective, I guess. And then Mirror Breaker, same thing, gets the card advantage, and then you can do the wonkiness with the Blood Tithe Harvester and the Corpse of Praisers kind of effects with ETBs, mm-hmm. which can be also game game changing as yeah. well. Yeah, just as someone who's been playing with it a lot recently, there's been multiple times where I end up completing the saga and I just don't have a target for it. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, um, that middle that middle chapter is definitely the best. I think um, you have to uncap with it too. So yeah, because like if they deal with your corpse appraiser or your blood tithe harvester, like the other things in that deck, shouldered can't be targeted because mm-hmm. she's legendary, right? Um, yeah, and like I also a lot of times there just isn't another creature on play. Yeah. 
So let's check out, check this out though. If they invoke to spare you, you can um, sacrifice the reflection of Kiki Jiki and it counts both as an enchantment and a creature. Yeah. Mm. Just a fun but fact. Fun facts don't win awards there, buddy. Like, I think that Fable the Mirror Breaker is the sole reason that Standard is panned as being a big, giant, mid-range soup. Like, what people commonly... <laughs> I don't want to play Standard. All it is is a bunch of big, mid-range soup. Is that a pro or a con? I don't know. I, I think Standard's in a good place right now, personally. Um, If you want to... If you want to if you want to be mad because you like to play aggro archetype and you, it's not doing very well because of the mid-range soup <laughs> that is standard, then, I mean, sure. But to me, it 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 breeds creativity in deck building. That's what the soup part is about. So, I don't know. Everybody loves soup. Um, here's the deal. I think that Mirror Breaker is definitely not as good as Ledger Shredder because, as you said yourself, been the best chapter on Mirror Breaker is the second one, which is the card mm-hmm. advantage chapter. And Ledger Shredder's card advantage is so much better. Yeah, but Ledger Shredder doesn't and, give you a 2 2 that gives you a treasure token when it attacks, and it also doesn't make the reflection side. Uh, yeah, yeah, but also you can play with fire a 2 2 token and a mm-hmm. reflection. Of yep, and they waste a spell to do it. The spell that wouldn't hit something else. Yeah, but you're not playing with fire it's ledger shredder. You're going at their face, flying because flying's mm-hmm. good. It do, it does have more evasion than a uh, reflection of Kiki Jiki or the goblin token that it mm-hmm. makes. Yes, but sometimes you would rather them hit those things and then and let, instead of some other thing that you have. So it's okay for them to hit it. That's what that's what that invoke uh, or the Grixis deck is pretty much all about. Is you know they all have really good threats, so it's okay if they take out one of your things because it's not taking out another thing. Uh, There's value to it. Like I, I mean, I know you have to you have to compare the two. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that Ledger Shredder is better at survivability than any part of Fable the Mirror Breaker, except when it's an enchantment. Uh, but but it doesn't survive though. It just makes it easier. On you, invoke despair and getting invoked despaired. Yes, which is a which is a plus in this standard for sure. Yes, um, fable but, fable is also like more than any of these other cards. Fable is probably the most played of all of these cards, multi format style because it's in like not, every single pioneer deck. But you're not. I don't. It's most played the best though. Well, it's rookie I of mean, the year, so if you know, yeah, I. What's other Dave's opinion? I'm going Shouldered. I mean, on Fable. Is better, like, can we knock Fable off? I would knock Fable off. Like, for the reasons I stated before, Fable can't win the game by itself. It is very uh, high-value card. Yeah, it's a high-value card. It's great in the right shells. It sees a lot of play because of that. It cannot win the game by itself. Shouldered can win the game by itself. Ledger Shredder can win the game by itself. Wandering Emperor can win the game by itself. That's true. All right, so let's talk about Wandering Emperor. Why does it have a chance to win this category? Um, I mean, it's really good spot removal. It, as far as Planeswalker goes, it's uh, removal. It makes Samurais to, to protect itself. So you've got the uh, the uh, 
ability to throw it down if you're not going to remove a creature and then poop out a samurai to keep it from getting uh, attacked. So it it can defend itself in multiple ways. It it extends your life total. It Mm -hmm. gives you onboard creatures that can win the game. And to note, it's an exile target tap creature, not destroy. Very noteworthy. Mm -hmm. If you can catch an opponent unawares, it can literally flip the entire script in, in one turn. You can get rid of their biggest yep. threat and start to control the board all in one turn. Mm. Yep. All right. So and then you know, let's talk about Wandering Emperor uh, or Ledger Shredder. So which which one? Let's is... say let's say this. Okay, you're playing against me. Mm-hmm. I'm playing some weird, crazy deck. I have a Fable, the Mirror Breaker, a Shoulder, a Wandering Emperor, and a Ledger Shredder on the board. What do you need to kill? I mean, the Shoulder more than anything. I mean, it's obviously the Shoulder. I mean, I'd be, we're really, like I said earlier, it was really uh, beating around the bush here. It's, it's, it's children. And then maybe after that, you can make an argument for second place, uh, Ledger Shredder or Wandering Emperor. But I don't if, think if you ask me what the best card, if you take it all out, everything else out and just look at a card and which one is the best card, I would probably lean mm-hmm. towards it being Shouldred. Yeah. But, but, when you're talking about when you're putting in all of the the differences and stuff like Shouldred is not really modern playable. It's it costs four. It doesn't have an ETB, um, and they're so efficient removal spells and answer for Shouldred and mo- modern that it's like a non plus. You would we- you would lose so much advantage playing a Shouldred in your deck. So to me, that's kind of like a big knock against Shouldred. Does that does that make sense? Is that it's not modern? I mean, I guess yeah, we are we are. It's yeah. It's not. He didn't say that this was limited to a format. It's rookie of the year. Like, where is it? Where like the card that performs the best, right? So, I mean, I I still think you need to take out Fable and and Leyline and Besaju because you don't give rookie of the year to the wide receiver on Tom Brady's team, (laughs) right? Now, (laughs) (laughs) that is is a very good point. Um, So, if you're like, I think Shouldred has like the highest total impact, like. If you if you're like, what is the percentage of people that uh, play the decks? Like if you if you if you went and took like um, meta decks, the highest meta decks, and you say which ones has what these cards exist most in the deck? It's probably Shieldred, um, because of how how prominent it is in standard, right? Um, well, it might actually be Fable in that point, but what I guess what I'm saying is that the impact it has on modern or standard is like super, super high, like beyond any other card in any other format. Um, but the fact it doesn't trickle down into, you know, maybe one deck in Pioneer and then uh, no no decks in Modern. It, it is saying some uh, vintage play, I think, or Legacy or play, one of the two. But I don't know. That I'm, I'm torn on, like, I know Shielded is a house, but I'm like, ugh. I want to. I want to say it is so, the rookie of the year, but I'm not. I'm not sure. So, would you say so, like? So I had not been considering other formats, um, and I don't play other formats, so I can't speak to how much these things see play. Mm-hmm. So, of Shouldered, Wandering Emperor, and Ledger Shredder, what of them actually sees modern play? Uh, Ledger Shredder and Wandering Emperor both. Like Wandering Emperor is really only in a blue eye control and Ledger Shredder is in a few different decks. 
um, being like Death's Shadow, but most notably um, Murktide, which is the most popular modern deck. It is a very mm. key component to that doing the is it thing, you know. But I, I still wouldn't give Ledger Shredder the nod. You know what I mean? Like, I love Ledger Shredder, but Shouldred's just better, you know, than Ledger Shredder. And, so. I, and I wouldn't necessarily give that one. Like, my vote's for Fable, personally. But I see, I see Dave's, Superior Dave's point in why it wouldn't be Rookie of the Year because it doesn't take over games. But it does enable your other strategies to succeed, which is a very also a very good thing for yeah i card to I, do I, but again do you do you award rookie of the year to the to the center that that protects the quarterback and hands him the ball i yeah you know what i mean uh yeah yeah I, I mean, he could be the best center in the game he's not going to get rookie of the year right that's that so, is fair let's just do this uh matchup between ledger shredder and Shouldred. Shouldred wins Shouldred. okay okay so Ledger Shredder's out. Matchup between the Wandering Emperor and I, the answer Shouldered. We've come yeah. to the conclusion. We're there. The answer Shouldered. <laughs> so just you're if just it's not, adding the runtime. If it's point. not Fable, it's Shouldered. That's that's what I would say. It's not Fable. That's what it's I would fable. say. Well, yeah, it's a two out of three. Fable's vote. not even in the top three. Yeah, it's a two out of three votes. So I'll Dave, go what's with your all right? So that is a, a majority rules of Shieldred the Apocalypse is Magic Proving Grounds Rookie Card of the Year 2022. I think we did it. Yay. I think we did it. Let's wrap this up. That's it. That's that's uh, all of that's all of the we, we did it. We proved that award shows don't mean anything. They absolutely do not. You yep. are one hundred percent correct. <laughs> Other than that, my opinion is better than yours. Oh, I would love to get some people telling us why Shouldered is not the best. It doesn't even have an NTETB. Oh, I, people! I think people stopped saying that after the card actually came out. <laughs> it, yeah, that was yeah. that was only the uh, preview. Yeah, the preview discussion. It was, oh no, ETB. Also, let's let's point out that Shouldered basically makes playing a Fable like if you play Fable on Curve, and then they take their turn and they went first. Like they're going to drop a shieldred, and then you're going to come around to your turn, and you're going to have to discard some cards and draw cards. So you have you to make have that. To. Do- I know. It's a May effect. What I'm saying is, you have to make that choice. You're like, I'm going to get card advantage, and they drop a shieldred, and it feels really bad to go. Oh man, I really need these cards. I guess I'm going to willingly take four damage, or else my fable doesn't get the best value in the card. Like I will say that that is a shitty feeling. That sucks. And it's it's so funny that it's on curve. I guess is what I'm saying. It's like on curve, they you play the fable, they play the children, and then you feel bad because your second chapter is going to cost you four life, extra life, because you already take two from the draw. So mm-hmm. it sucks. Yeah. So children, children did good. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap this show up. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? You can find yeah. us on our uh, social media platform. Um, but grudgingly of choice, uh, <laughs> uh, at Twitter at MPG Pod. Um, you can also find our us on MagicProvingGrounds.com and Twitch streaming during the week and sometimes weekends at Magic Proving Grounds on Twitch. I guess it's also YouTube too, right? Magic Proving Grounds. I don't know if you can type yeah. it in yet. They're changing the 
the way it goes, and I don't think it's enabled yet, but that's where we're at. You can search. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Where can they find you? Where can they find me? I'm yeah. glad that you ask. Uh, they can find me again on our social media platform of choice. Twitter at Dave underscore MPG. Yeah. Oh, and, and I'm, I'm other Dave. I'm at be nice the, MPG for Twitter. Oh. Sorry. I forgot to say that. No underscore in your name? No, no, no. I don't mess with underscores. So where they find like you security? They can find me in the artwork of Goblin Pile Driver. Again, <laughs> I am not going to tell you which one I am. Yeah, I don't know either. And, and I've seen you in person. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Bam. Well, this is fun, um, guys. I can't wait till next year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can be bitching nice about Elish Norn. Or heralding yeah. it. I'm not sure which one. It's going to be another one where it's going to be uh, great if you're casting it, bad if you're not. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. As hey. all things go. You give White something to to combat the darkness, I guess. It'd be great. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's the show. The outro music. I'm going to play the outro music if you give me a second. Yeah. Yeah, just like you played the intro music? I did. I did play the intro music, actually. Uh-huh. You can't hear it all. Factual. Right, yeah. All right. Here it goes. Three, two, one. That's loud. That's not dancing. I never volume balance the music for the outro. It's like someone started writing. <laughs> well, maybe they did. I think that's the outro music song just took a shit on you. <laughs> Dude, it did. Oh, right in my ears. <laughs>